0: The recent shootings of young people in Aurora has cast a wider light on youth gangs in the metro area. With a community in search of answers and response, we provide the insight of GRASP, the Gang Rescue and Support Project. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. For the last 30 years, GRASP has been supporting youth in their effort to exit gang membership and to prevent many from becoming gang involved in the first place. What makes GRASP so unique is that it's a peer-operated program that involves former gang members who successfully turn their lives around. The program supports both youth and the families of gang victims. The executive director of GRASP is Mr. Johnny Williams.
1: community has been changing rapidly. Uh, especially since some of the uh, the new laws um, have changed in in Denver and in Colorado, we had an influx of new people coming in that didn't know what to expect from the community, and then the community um, that you know was here and that grew up here and that that knows um, how these uh, streets are have been shifted and moved around. So I think that know, now that certain communities have had a complete facelift. Some of the issues that were in those communities have moved to new communities um, that did not normally deal with those problems. The resources did not follow what the issues were. So um, programs like my own um, that are still in the areas that they originally started in, are now finding ourselves migrating and moving around to where our families are and where our youth are to provide services for them in the void of uh, the new neighborhoods that they're living in, there aren't services around. So I think that those that uh, have been here and that know what's going on kind of know what to expect but not where to expect it because of the involuntary displacement of the families that were normally in these neighborhoods.
0: I know in the early 80s or mid-80s, we had an influx of uh, gang members coming in from uh, California. Are we still seeing the same thing now, or are most of the things that are going on being driven by homegrown gangs?
1: I mean, that's an excellent question. I mean, I don't think that there's an influx of uh, – I mean, there's an influx of from California already just by new, a lot of the new residents that are coming in here are coming from California yeah. with the economics that they're bringing. So naturally, when you have people that are coming from uh, one city, it doesn't necessarily uh, stop at a certain income level or, or, or a certain um, – I would say interest of what they're coming for. we even have homeless people that are moving here from different states uh um, yeah, that's out way that they can get here just because of what they think the opportunities here are so I think that there we got people that are coming in from all over, and when they get here they they kind of uh you know migrate to what they know or migrate to the areas in which they can uh survive
0: are gangs pretty much still operating the same way they did in the eighties when when they had a big rise here. Up in Park Hill, or have they adapted to, I know you mentioned a little while ago, new laws and new ways of doing things. And so they have to come up with new ways to find money and new
1: ways to recruit as well. The economics and the COVID and the pandemic and things that we were dealing with. Uh, I would say situational changes have caused people to have to be, you know, innovative in how they're surviving, and that's across the board. And, and I think that even with uh, some of the young people that we're working with, um, just providing them with opportunities and the resources that they need to be safe, to be heard, to be uh, prosperous, and whatever that they feel like they're, that they're doing has been difficult for them to locate. Um, so some of the COVID relief funds that has been sent down to some of the organizations in the neighborhood have been able to kind of put a a little bit of a a base around that. However, um, this does not enough. So I think resources being provided, um, help them to be able to get out of that situation of yeah. being online and being, you know, in the house, stuck in the house or worrying about you know, COVID and, and worrying about whatever issues they may be developing in social media. Um, but I don't think there's nothing new coming out. There's no, no new innovative ideas of how people are, are getting out there and getting busy in the streets. For adults, uh,
0: who always ask the question, why are youth joining gangs? Well, they're still joining gangs now for the same reason they joined them back in the 80s and probably back in the 60s and 50s as well.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, people do what they do to get needs met. So I think that our young people right now are, are hurting. They're in pain. Um, they don't, you know, there's a lot of healing that needs to happen in our neighborhoods. There's a lot of healing that needs to happen in our families and in our communities, Um, you know, not only just from pandemic, but there's emotional wounds and scars that have not been healed. And um, I think that young people are reaching out to try to find some peace and some calm. I mean, they've been hit over the head with a a lethal dose of hopelessness. And until we can start providing hope for our young people, um, I think that, you know, them exercising the powers that they have and um, seeking to be heard and seeking to fit in uh, may appear in different ways. It may appear in violence. It may appear in gangs. It may appear in drug and alcohol use. It may appear in in them not going to school. It may appear in family issues. But those are the things that they're faced with when they don't have um, the support and the resources that they need.
0: I know you have uh, weekly meetings uh, with youth. Are these some of the things that they are articulating Uh, To you, I know one of the things you just said was uh, uh, they have so much hopelessness at a time where technology is burgeoning and there are more uh, opportunities that are there. And when I hear hopelessness, I keep wondering, what are they not seeing? Is this what they're saying to you in these weekly meetings where you meet with them to address uh, some of the issues that the kids have?
1: Yeah, well, when we talk about our weekly meetings, our healing circles start out with gifts, baggage, and intention. Um, and sometimes when we, you know, we, we we make sure that they always acknowledge a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you don't have a baggage one week, that's fine because we definitely want you to be focusing on the good things. Uh, But sometimes when we do hear about baggage, we hear about um, family issues. We hear about legal issues. We hear about um, struggles they're having in school. We hear about depression. We hear about, you know, if our government is like this and they don't care about us, then what do we have to look forward to? We hear about police violence, and we hear about neighborhood violence. We hear about a lot of things that these young people are carrying around with them. Um, And there's some some mental health issues that may be going on that don't have support. And in our communities, you you don't have a lot of, uh, you know, mental health support that is not labeled you know we don't our community don't like to be labeled with mental health issues so i think that with some some of the issues that we're actually focusing on as baggage or as things that weigh our young people down these are things that we have not been really good as a community in supporting them around you know we figure that they're resilient and they're going to be okay you know, there's a certain amount of resiliency there, but that doesn't mean you just let it go. That means that, you know, we got to build around that resiliency. Um, but, yeah, those are the things that we hear on a weekly basis is like, you know, uh, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that, and I don't know who to turn to, and it doesn't feel like the community cares. The school doesn't care, and if the police are involved, in, sometimes it doesn't feel like they care. Um, so our young people have a hard time of, of looking up in the morning and, and having a hopeful day or um, a hope for a future, um, especially like when we have governments that um, we don't know if there's going to be a war, we don't know what the economics are like, we don't know um, what, what's going on, it's, it's difficult for them to have hope.
0: We have more communication these days, more information flying around, more information coming at people. It seems as if of what you're saying is that the young people are hearing about the issues of the world, the issues of the community, the challenges of the of what the community is doing, but not hearing any solutions whatsoever.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and it's if you hear that— It's difficult because I, I would say some of the leadership, yeah. don't, they don't know what the, <laughs> the solutions are either. You know, right? that 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 makes it even more difficult when um, the people that they are leaning to don't really have solid solutions. And I think that um, more efforts need to be put into the communication around um, how are we going to pull back together as community, mm-hmm. as family, as, you know, country, as city, as state, um, to, to care for each other, to love on each other, rather than to try to separate each other and put each other down and, and lock each other up and kill yeah. each other. Um, so I think we need more of that.
0: Is that something where – I know you all do provide counseling to families as, as, as well. Is that something where the family can step in and say, hey, you know, we can't solve the issues of the world, but this is what we're solving for us so that their hope can begin to be built right there in their nuclear family first. And then with that, they can spread out and, and take on a few other things in the community itself.
1: Absolutely. That's what our intention, uh, when we talk about our weekly group and Uh they have their gifts, their baggage, and their intention, that's what the intention piece of it is, where we pick one thing that they're struggling with that week, and we focus on that, and we focus on what supports that they have closest to them, starting with family, with our staff, um, with the school that they go to, and and pointing out to them who would be there to support them. Because in an overall, I would say, situation, most people are willing to help. Sometimes they just don't know how. Sometimes it's hard for the youth to articulate how they need to be helped and what services they are looking for and what they are willing to do. So we help them to articulate that. We help them to figure out what does help look like for you? What does support look like for you? What does hope look like for you? So that we can help them to formulate a plan. That is going to be something that is sustainable for them, because if we give them just our plan when you 're about a prescription and the prescription does not fit the symptoms, then it 's not going to work, yeah. so we have to help you know, have them help us to figure out what 's going to be a plan that works for them.
0: Well, I know school uh, districts do that especially with special ed they formulate iEPs as they call it individual yes. education plans which fit that particular student, and so you 're doing the same thing. Uh, with your program there, that is, uh, yeah, that is a way to get to exactly what that youth needs in a way that they can understand it and in a way that they can do something with it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I always teach my young people, you either change to gain the goods or you gain the change for good. If you gain the change for good, you never change back. That's something, that's a new life for you. Yeah. But if you change to gain the goods, once you get the goods, you might change back. So we've got to find inside of you something that is going to be long-lasting, sustainable, and maintainable, so that when you make that change, it's something you can keep up with, something you can wrap your arms around, not just to change, you know, to get off probation or to because this teacher wants you to do that to get a good grade or whatever the case may be. You know, sometimes you got to fake it until you make it, and we have to teach them, once you make it, how to sustain that new life that they have gotten for themselves.
0: Yeah, I think one of the real unique and Powerful parts of the GRASP program is that it's peer-run by uh, people who have been there and done that and have found a way to become successful without gangs and getting beyond them. That has to be a strong measure that even kids coming in looking for a way around it, you can get around that, you know,
1: experience talks. Absolutely. You know, definitely – once you have made the decision that you want something different for yourself, you just have to figure out what it's going to take to get you there. And that's what we're there for, to help them provide the resources that they need, the support that they need, the examples you know, with the staff and with others that are a part of the program that has made that change in their lives to let them know that it can happen and that we'll support them through it and that we don't judge anyone and that everyone's story is important and that everyone's situation is real for them. You know, the way a person defines their situation constitutes reality for them. No matter what anyone else thinks, if they believe strongly enough in what's going on in their lives, then that's real for them. And we have to acknowledge that and we have to meet them where they are and we help them grow from there.
0: I know one of the things you had on your website, too, is that uh, you also intervene there, especially when there's a family history of gang involvement. Now, are we starting to see families being born and their kids going into gangs and then their kids have kids and this thing is starting to have an intergenerational aspect to it?
1: Now, I wouldn't say we're starting to see that. That's the, that, that's from the age of time. And that those are kind of the dynamics that has been existing for quite some time. You know, um, I think that we are now evolving to a place to where um, families are looking to break cycles and looking to build and looking to figure out how they belong and how they survive. Again, especially with the the, the economics being that they are and uh, the involuntary displacement, gentrification, or however you want to call it, with the neighborhoods changing and shifting the way that they are, families are looking for ways to break old cycles and to support their families and, and, and grow to be able to have grandchildren and children have a safe place to live and a safe place to belong. So I think that what we're actually seeing is, is the yeah. reverse of that where it has been happening for quite some time, and now there needs to be a change, and they're looking to see how do they change it. But with so many other things going on, focusing on just those aspects of it, it's been difficult. I mean, there are social uprisings that are... to, they're crippling our communities. I mean, yeah. when, when you have um, so much negativity going on, you know, to focus on how do I break a cycle in my family, sometimes it's difficult when they're, you know, how do I feed my family? Or how do I make sure my family is safe from the pandemic? Or how do I make sure that there's no racism going on when they're walking down the street? Or how do I make sure that the police that are in our community are actually community police and that care about my, my young people as they're walking up? You know, so there's a lot of things going on. So we got to just break down the issues and, and take them a piece at a. Time, sure. And um, I think once we we shore up the you know the family and make them stronger, then those cycles naturally break.
0: On this edition, our subject is getting youth out of gangs and preventing them from becoming gang involved at all. Our guest is Mr. Johnny Williams, executive director of the organization GRASP, the Gang Rescue and Support Project. He'll add additional insights on our next edition. Should you know of a youth who's ready to get out of a gang, the number of the call is 303-777-3117. That's 303-777-3117. Or you can go online to Grasp Youth. That's G-R-A-S-P, Grasp I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get vaccinated for you and your family's health. Mask up, keep your distance when going out, and many thanks to you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.